Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Chats with Yvonne, where I sit down with individuals who share their public speaking journeys. I hope that through these conversations, not only do you learn so much about the art of public speaking, but that you are inspired to begin and or continue in your own journey. Today, I'd love to introduce you to our guest, Nancy. She is an incredible person in the communication space. So Nancy, welcome to Chats with Yvonne. It's a pleasure to have you. Hey, Yvonne, thank you for having me. I'm excited. No, thank you. And you know, I could never do an intro of you justice. So I'll just turn it over to you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about who you are and sort of your experience within the communication space. Sure. Um, my name is Nancy Marmolejo. I am an executive leadership coach. I also work in the space of personal branding and I'm a speaker. And all of those go well for me together because I use speaking as a way to promote my business. People hire me to come in and give talks, workshops, and just, uh, you know, my journey to where I am today probably started when I was five years old and I wrote a poem and my mom put it on an index card and had me stand up in front of everybody and read it. And, you know, progressively through there. But I, I really feel strongly about developing skills for communication because our voices need to be heard. So it's not just a you know, surface level skill that we all need to have. There is a mission behind it. It's important for our voices to be heard and to be, uh, to communicate in a way that people listen, not just hear sounds coming out of your mouth, but to really listen. So the words, the delivery, the, the topic, all of it has to do um, with being a powerful speaker. And, you know, I love that you say that because it goes beyond just the skill set of being a great public speaker or a communicator. Uh, that is a really important key part of also the work that I hope to, to do and continue doing is, you know, it is nerve wracking. It is something that sometimes we don't want to do necessarily, but it helps us create spaces for ourselves and for our communities. And I also love that story about your, your mom making you go and read something out loud, which is awesome. You know, I, that's probably, that's great parenting. <laughs> oh my God. Was, I was not, a, I wasn't a shy kid. So I was like, okay, great. You know, I, my daughter is not a replica of me. So I would never make her do that. But I think my mom kind of read into me. That's funny. And, you know, I want to touch and, you know, dive into that a little bit more as far as your journey with speaking or communications in general. That's, you know, that, that gives us insight into how it started. But how did you continue on in this journey? And how did you decide that this is what you wanted to, to focus on? Well, it's, you know, there are a lot of different on-ramps for being a speaker. And uh, originally, I, my first career was in education, and I remember doing presentations at teachers' meetings and then at a teachers' conference, and I saw that I had this ability to get people to really light up, and they were excited to hear about the topic I was addressing, and, and you know, I think I make it fun, and I'm very animated naturally, and I bring that into my speaking, so I'm a very not self-conscious speaker, so I'm, I'm just up there doing my thing. I have to say though, that there was a period of time when I got into college where I was really self-conscious about speaking. Um, I, yeah, I could do it as I was a kid and student council and all that stuff, but there was something about college. I just felt like the eyes of judgment all around me. It was a really, and I could have been completely projecting that. It may or may not have been true, but my 
the story I was telling myself was that if I was to get up and talk in front of people, they were going to be judging me. So I put off taking the basic speech class where you just learn how to give a talk. And I remember I was on the waiting list of this class and the teacher said, I need somebody to give me a good reason why you belong in this class. And I raised my hand and I put my hand up against the chalkboard and there was this wet handprint. I said, I'm terrified, pick me. And it was just that there was like this new level of self-consciousness that I got into. But then I was involved in some student um, activities and I had to go into classrooms and tell people about this community involvement center at San Francisco State and all of these different things. And, and so it was, you know, it just developed. If there was a need and a purpose and you had to do it, I would just go and do it. The class was good. It taught me some of the basics, but it was the actual getting pushed in front of people and saying something, as terrifying as that was, that that's how, well, that's really the only way I think you can grow as a speaker is you just have to speak. I agree. And, you know, I, I find it fascinating that, you know, you, you really did like speaking or you like, there were some something there already that you enjoy doing. You noticed people lit up whenever you were speaking and, you know, but then maybe when you got to college, you encountered these barriers as far as, I don't know if I'm actually good enough or I don't know if I actually like it. Maybe I was, maybe I didn't like it or didn't like the version of what it would have to be like in college. And I think we all experience that. You know, I think at, at work, for example, sometimes you go into the space and you think you're really good at something and there's something that makes you doubt your abilities and your skill set. And that makes it a little bit harder to show up and to do it over and over again. So thank you for, for sharing that. The mindset component is huge and it's something that we never stop working on. I really wanna emphasize that. And mindset is, is whatever it is that's going to boost your confidence and calm your inner critic. Those two things have to happen simultaneously because you can do all sorts of things to boost your confidence, but that inner critic is still gonna be in there. And just understand, it's like, okay, my inner critic is telling me right now that everyone's gonna be bored and that I suck. And, and then you say, okay, but that's not true. I don't have any evidence. It's just a story I'm telling myself. I mean, I've been giving, I've, I've been doing talks for so many years and I've been at the, I've been up there and look, there's somebody and their eyes are closing and they're looking at the ceiling and somebody gets up and leaves. Yeah. And just the other day I was listening to somebody giving a talk and he said that that happened to him too on several occasions. And rather than say, oh my God, I'm bombing. They hate me. Well, maybe that person was up all night in the emergency room with this, you know, maybe, maybe that person had to go to the bathroom. Maybe, maybe that person's not feeling well. I mean, it's, it's not always about us. And so as you read the room and you feel the energy of the room or whatever audience you're speaking to, you, you have to be very careful not to personalize it. If, you know, if a couple of folks are tuning out. You know, I yeah, I love that you say that. And that sort of brings me to my next question, which is, you know, you and I met or I met you, you hadn't yet met me really, because you were leading a workshop at um, for San Jose State at the women's networking business um, conference that that recently happened. And I was really impacted by your workshop, right? I, I just felt connected to it. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. It made me think in a different way that I hadn't before about what I do and why I do it. And so I'd love to ask you in your work throughout the workshops and throughout speaking engagements that you have, what has been your biggest lesson in working with people specifically around communications? You know, whether it's what people people fear the most, what, you know, people want to improve the most, 
what has been your biggest lesson there? Well, as far as, as far as like understanding what people's challenges are. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or in general too, if there's anything yeah. that kind of comes from your workshops. You know, there's the, there's, there's this whole thing of, of do, I, does my voice matter? Um, and, and there's five other people who could say this better than me. I don't belong here. I don't deserve this. I'm such a fake. I'm going to, I'm terrible. Nobody's relating to me. I mean, there's, there's all of that stuff, all of that inner, inner stuff. I, I, this, I think this is going to be a conversation about the inner critic. I didn't really right. plan it, but that's really <laughs> where mean, it's going. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. I love where this is going though. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, and it's those types of things, but when I'm a mission driven person, I own a mission driven business, meaning I have something I stand for and lifelong learning is one of my core values. And so I'm always out learning and I just assume everybody else wants to learn something too. I'm a teacher at heart. And, and, and knowing that what I have to say is going to, for, maybe it's an answered prayer for somebody when they hear it, or it's some kind of a message that like, oh my gosh, I knew why I needed to sit in this conference today. What this person just said, just gave me that that mindset shift. It just connected some dots that hadn't been connected there before. So there's this in, knowing that you have impact on people. And because I'm more of a facilitator teacher type, my interest is in watching the audience light up. I'm not a um, razzle dazzle superstar, look at me kind of speaker. I'm not going to come out in like a bodycon dress and you know, please your heels and go, all right, everybody, you know, maybe I'll go out dancing like that, but I'm not going to, I mean, I'm, I'm like there to like, I'm about you. I'm about you. And, and I want you to have the transformation. I want you to have the experience and what can I do as a facilitator to make that happen? And maybe by me being animated and making you laugh, you loosen up a little bit. So you can like, oh, okay, I dropped my guard. I'm willing to learn something. So there's just so many types of ways that you can show up as a speaker. And, and, and I, I show up as the, the, the teacher, the facilitator. I try to be relatable, approachable. It's okay to laugh. And if somebody yeah. has a problem with laughing, then well, then they have to <laughs> go to no, the next I, session. I love that because I think that part of the reason why I wanted to start Chats with Yvonne too is because I want all of us to identify ourselves as great speakers. I think that, you know, there is this more traditional way of being a speaker and maybe there's certain situations where being that kind of speaker is better, but we can be just different. We can, you know, you can be the teacher, the facilitator. And I really, you know, have, I've noticed that you've said it's not about you, right? Like it's not about the speaker, right? And so um, you've said that a couple of times and I resonate with that a lot because a lot of the times people will say, hey, Yvonne, you're, you're good at this. You should do this. You should. And I'm like, wait, I, I, sort, I do it because I really do think that other people can be really awesome at it. And that's what drives me to do the work that I do. So I really appreciate you, you mentioning that right there. Yeah, and we all have different personalities. And, and if somebody's more of the razzle-dazzle star type, more power to you. That's a different personality type. Some people are very serious and that's how it works. And, you know, you could have Morgan Freeman and he's, you know, pausing in between words and sentences. He, everybody has a different 
personality style, a different delivery style. Oh, I'm, I'm a hands person. That's like the one thing when I'm speaking, I, I always oh have to be conscious gosh. of my hands. I'm like, <laughs> me too. Yeah. And, and, uh, I, I, it's funny because that sort of scene is one of those things that you're not supposed to really do because it can distract. And, you know, I like to think of public, when you show up as a speaker, you can decide, Hey, I want to be kind of goofy today. If that's your personality, but maybe your personality changes the next time you give a speech, you know, it's, it's so amazing to me, this, this space, because you can be anything and show up as whatever you'd like to show up as whenever you want, you know, it's not this one way of, of being and existing within the space. Definitely. But I'm definitely a huge hands person. I've always said, I, I think my family is like that in general. I don't know if this is our way of just captivating our audience, but I do it a lot. <laughs> right there with you, right there with you. So my next question is, you know, you do a lot of work with folks around branding, as you mentioned in the beginning. Are there any misconceptions about public speaking or the communication space that you've noticed folks have? And can you debunk maybe some of those today with us here? Ooh, um, well, there are a couple of different contexts I could put that in. So if we're talking from a branding perspective, one thing I see is sometimes people want to present themselves as a brand that's perfect, always airbrushed and always perfect and flawless. And there's there's something to be said about, you know, having your presentation appearance all together and everything. But I think it's very important to be relatable. And in being relatable, you are um, you're connecting with people as person to person. I think the pandemic has helped us through that because you know, we've all got to see each other's messy houses and um, hair that hasn't been cut or colored for six <laughs> or seven months. Yeah. And, you know, there's been a loosening up on the perfect aesthetic. So from a branding point of view, from a messaging point of view, it's okay to be yourself and to, and to just be relatable. That's, that's just one of the, 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 the cornerstones of the work I do with people. There are lots of folks out there who can create more of a manufactured persona for you. I'm not one of them. So uh, that, that won't work, but, but be yourself, be that. authentic, be real. Yeah. Use real words to describe yourself. You know, the kind that nobody has to go and grab a dictionary and look up to say, what is, what does that mean? What did they just say? Yeah, <laughs> totally. You know, so I think that I have, I'm transitioning out of that, right? Because there's a lot of things that you have to unlearn. You know, we come into a space where I'm like, oh, I want to be a really great speaker. I really like it. I light up. It just, I feel good every time I do it. But I also see examples of, you know, you go to conferences and you see an example and no one up there on the stage looks like me, or you see TV personalities and they're not necessarily, I can't really necessarily relate to them. And so it brings you back. It's almost like that college experience that you talked about where you're like, hmm, I'm doubting myself a little bit. And in some ways I have tried to be a little bit more like, oh, maybe I should be a little bit more like that, but I'm slowly, and also thanks to Chats with Yvonne, peeling away from all of that. So I, I really appreciate that you say that because it's it's so true. Like showing up as our authentic self isn't easy all the time because you know we have to, there's spaces we have to navigate, but we can't always be like that. But you know, meeting people like you and connecting with people who are really successful at what they do and, are doing so in, in the most authentic way that they know how, I think is, is awesome. So thank you for sharing that. Well, I love how you show up, Yvonne. 
I love how you have this. You're you're natural. It's like we are two peas in a pod. So that's why this has been, you know, and I love watching your show because there's so many different types of voices that you showcase. And I love just listening to everybody, all ages, all backgrounds. It's just been fantastic. Well, thank you. I mean, that means the world to me coming from you. And I know that we've had conversations before, but I do see you as somebody that I look up to because it's, I, I, I relate, I feel like we relate to in, in a lot of ways. So thank you for, for taking the time to be here, first of all. But um, I did want to transition over to a lot of the questions that I get are, Yvonne, how do I get better at public speaking? And to put it simply, I always say, my gosh, we just have to practice and figure out what you want to say, right? But I'm sure you have a better <laughs> way of framing that. And, you know, I, I kind of want to see for, for people that are watching and are looking to either um, gain a little bit more confidence in their voice or develop their story a little bit more, what would be a piece of advice that you give them? Okay, this is this is all like from the trenches advice. So I might give a more than a piece. I might give a few pieces. Oh, please, please, please do. Take notes, everybody. And and, <laughs> and also, if anybody's watching this, if you want Yvonne to put out an online course on public speaking, raise your hand, put a heart, put a comment, because I, I want her to do that. I want to see Thank that happen. Anyhow, I'm like the you know, yeah. stage mom. Okay, back to where we were. Um when I so I had a talk I was going to be giving, but I was also had, my daughter was a baby and she was at home and I, I was like, oh my God, I gotta go out and give this talk. I haven't like been in front of like adult people in a really long time. And I, I had this talk and I, I needed to connect with an audience, but I didn't have an audience because you know I'm like sitting there with a baby. So I took all the stuffed animals and I made an audience. Oh my and God. I would, and I would give my talk. And whenever I do videos, because I wasn't, I couldn't relate to the camera, but I could relate to my audience and hey, little stuffed bunny and hey, little alligator that squeaks. I mean, I had all the little toys out there and that was, that's how I started. And then as I would drive around, I would practice my talk and practice my talk and practice my talk. One of the things I noticed though, is that I would practice my beginning a lot because I'd start my talk mm -hmm. and I'd be about five minutes into it and go, oh, wait, 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 I wanna change that. So I go back, start my talk, da, 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 da. And if you look at the percentage of how much are you focusing on your beginning, your middle and your end, you probably are spending 80% of your practice time on your introduction. And then your end comes along and it's like, it's flimsy. Yeah. So think of your talk in three segments. There's the beginning, the middle, and the end. And work on your ending. Work on your ending. Work on your middle. Work on your beginning. Take them out of order. Put them in order. Treat them like they're little module, modular units. Because at the end of your talk, there's something that needs to be said at the end of it. If you're giving a presentation that maybe has a call to action, if you're like, you know, on a, a podcast or you're giving a talk and you want people to, you know, buy your product, contact you, um, go to your website, give them a clear and compelling call to action. Or if the, the call to action is write your congressperson or come to this march, whatever it is, make it clear and boom, drop the mic. That's it. Don't go, oh, and then here's 20 other things that you need to do. And so practice that really have an understanding of your middle and how that flows. What are your key points? And then go back and practice your introduction. 
that in its, I know you said mic drop right now, but like that's a mic drop. I hadn't thought about it that way because, you know, oftentimes you separate the kinds of communication, right? There's the written form and you think it's totally different than the spoken word or public speaking, but they're really one and the same. And, you know, maybe we have learned in, in school, oh, start with the body. And then at the very end of everything, then write your introduction because you know what everything else is going to do. So I really love that. And in addition to that, I really enjoy that you told us about the stuffed animals because as we all know where we are in the world right now, that's probably what a lot of us will have to do anyway. So, and you know, and reemerge back into the world and actually start talking to people in person, right? So that's a really great piece of advice that I don't even know if you knew also fell into context with everything that's going on right now, but I love that. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. I've been I've been telling people that for so long and and that really, and then my clients will call me up and say, oh, I, um, I did that stuffed animal thing and it, it actually kind of worked or they put photos <laughs> of people they know and and also you know use your phone mm -hmm. as a as a tool and and the other thing is just really understand that it's just storytelling really even if you're talking about numbers it's telling a story people love stories since the beginning of time in our prehistoric days, we sat around in our caves and we wanted to hear the story and there's, you know, what had happened and every human wants the story, like what comes next, what comes next, what comes next. So think about it as, as a story. And the more you get together with people, start telling stories. You know, if it's somebody's birthday, it's like, hey, let's tell a story about this person and everybody, you know, it's like, practice, give yourself as many opportunities as possible. Yeah. And that's a comfortable, more comfortable setting to do it in perhaps than right away going into an audience of, of so many people in this official capacity. Because I, I've also said that before, where I think that even talking the way I tell a story or retell a story to my mom or to my friends, obviously they're, they're both different audiences. I, I like to think about them as different audiences because maybe with my mom, I'm a, little, I'm a little more PG, whereas with my friends, I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, this happened, right? And so those are all different. They're all me, but they're all different personalities and ways of communicating that show up with with different people and I say um cheese you know like gossip we all kind of like that we all sometimes bond over it so why not use it to our advantage and practice our our public speaking a little bit hey, you know just be nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly all the positive kind of cheese <laughs> yeah yeah just catching folks up I mean that's really that's I I when I was growing up I have a really big family and and my so my, both my mom and my dad are the youngest of huge families and I'm the youngest of their huge family. So the generational line, like I had first cousins who were like 40 when I was born. So needless to say, I had, you know, grandparents and great uncles and aunts and whatnot. They were really old. So I was going to a lot of funerals <laughs> growing up. <laughs> my whole life, it's always been like a lot of funerals because, you know, when you have a really big family and things happen yeah. and I've watched people give the eulogy and I watched my dad and my dad was like this extemporaneous speaker, didn't need notes. He could just lock into a story and I watch him and I'm like, okay. And everybody in my family tells me that I'm like my dad. I have his, his gift of extemporaneous speaking. So just being able to get up and say something, uh, that's a gift. And so we have to look at opportunities now. Okay, so I've spoken at a few funerals. I've spoken at weddings. I've spoken at graduations and whatnot. But we have these natural occasions in life where people are gathering 
and somebody needs to say something. Maybe it's yeah, and I love the connection that you're making there with our just our lives in general, because it doesn't have to be public speaking and all this stuff doesn't have to be in relation to a career if you don't want it to. Right. It's just about, you know, I think that being and practicing being a great public speaker or a speaker in general or whatever it is also helps us be better communicators with the people around us that we love the most that maybe sometimes we're not the best at communicating with. So I love the connections that you're making there and, and, and I truly appreciate them. And with that, we are getting to a close of our segment here, but I, I wanted to ask you why this and why now? Why the work that you do and why right now in this moment? Well, we have voices that need to be heard first and foremost. And you know, if you have a moment to reflect on your core values, that which you really believe in, what's your life mission? Use your voice to, to put that out there. I watch young people at these rallies get up and discover their voices and I get so excited. Like, yes, yes, yes. Wherever it is, if it's in a, a, a spiritual organization or a political organization, a community organization, a rally, whatever it is, there are opportunities and it always blows my mind when I see somebody just get up and speak from the heart. And you might tremble and be nervous and think, oh, I said the stupidest thing. No, it made no sense. Your energy and your intention is, is, is going to be reflection of your mission. So this is important now because really, truly, truly, our voices need to be heard because there's so many outlets right now that can control the narrative for us. And, and when we lose our power, when we let other people control our narrative, say what you have to say say why it's important to you. You know, those are things that have to happen. That's, I mean, that's, you know, in my mentoring work with up and coming um, speakers and leaders, it's just reminding everybody, you know what, you have a voice, you have a message, you need to say it, let's do it. And Nancy, that is a truly perfect way to end our segment today. And I'd love to leave folks with a little bit and let them know where they can connect with you and learn more from you. Uh, if you want to go to my website, it's talentandgenius.com, all one word, talentandgenius.com. Uh, on Instagram, I'm at the Nancy Marmolejo, because apparently somebody got Nancy Marmolejo before I got Nancy Marmolejo. <laughs> oh, no. Like, how, how many Nancy Marmolejos can there be in the world? But apparently there's more than one. So I'm the Nancy Marmolejo. And um, yeah, you know, my work revolves around, you know, speaking to people about what what makes you great? What makes you remarkable? And, you know, whether it's coaching or consulting or trainings or keynotes, that's my favorite topic. And, and using speaking to put your genius out in the world, perfect pairing. And thank you so much for, for the time that you've gifted us today. I really, truly appreciate it. And I hope that everyone will go ahead and follow and connect with Nancy. She's incredible. I'll leave the links that she just mentioned in the comments below. But Nancy, thank you so much for being here. And to all of you, thank you so much for watching.